Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb, and we're just glad that you guys were able to join us for another episode. Um, and so before we get started today, I want to remind you guys to check us out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Be sure to like, share, review our content, um, help us to get the word out there. Um, and then uh, don't forget us on your favorite podcast channel. If you didn't find us on there for this episode, be sure to check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, um, Amazon, Samsung, and, and wherever you listen. Um, but again, leave reviews. Um, that helps get everything out there. Um, and then share the content. Share, share, share um, as we just continue to grow this. And then lastly, I want to remind you that you can now get um, Caleb's book, Pursuing Freedom, on Amazon. Um, and uh, pick up your copy today. I believe they're, they're $10. And it's just a great way to, to follow along with what we're doing here on the podcast. And so today we're picking up kind of where we left off on our last episode. Last week we were um, talking about labels and how to identify them. And today um, we're going to continue that with uh, now that we've identified them with discarding them. So our action item is uh, my value in life comes from who I am in Jesus Christ and not from the labels put on me um, by others or the world and so be sure if you haven't done so already that listen to the previous episode before engaging in this one just to give you that context and so um, kind of our our goals here are to discard the negative labels we've allowed ourselves to believe and instead learn to see ourselves through God's eyes um, and just uh, to begin to again to replace so we've identified now we need to replace yeah so yeah if you Listen to the last episode, we were talking about, you know, we, we just have all these labels that get attached to us as we go through our life, you know, through, through our childhood. A lot of them come, come from there. You know, our parents what, uh, or our adult guardians, whoever those people were, you know, the things that they said to us, said about us, you know, hey, you're not going to amount to anything or, you know, you're, you're never going to succeed or, you know, if they were very negative, you know, maybe we've heard those kinds of things. And so in our formative years, those are the labels that we get thrown at us and then maybe as we've grown up you know in our experiences with relationships or um, you know the things that we've started to find value in in our culture that those have started to form our labels and most of the time uh, with most people uh, the labels that we have we we've never intentionally placed them on ourselves most of the time we've taken them from somebody or they've been placed upon us right so like we were just talking about and so what our goal is is in, the, in that last last episode is that we try to figure out what those things were and now we want to find out those ones that are our negative our negative self labels our negative worldviews and we want to take we want to try to get rid of those and we want to replace those with uh how God sees us, right? And so um, one of the ones that we talked about last time was um, our value. Do you feel like you have value? You know, if you were to say, I have value, do you feel like that's a, you know, you, just you by yourself, no, no, you know, strings attached, no, why well, have value because I have things, right? I have, I have value because I have a nice car, I have value because I have a nice house, or, you know, I, I look a certain way. I'm talking about just you, you by yourself, no, no things, no how you look, nothing. Do you have value? Do you feel that you have value? And if that, if the answer is no, what we want to do is we replace that with um, how does Jesus value, value you? And so in Matthew 18, it says this, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice 
over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. And so, you know, we, um, this is a very popular verse in Christianity. We got a song about it. I was about to say, we have a song about it that everybody <laughs> loves. Um, but, but yeah, so, so for you, if you struggle with, with finding self, having self-value, I want you to, to internalize this verse and understand that God, that Jesus came um, to, to redeem the world, and that includes you, and that's because Jesus values you. You know, He values you as a, as His creation, um, and, and and so regardless of the things you have, the the way you look, the people that like you or don't like you, Jesus always values you. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's um, I I do love this. I mean. <laughs> this passage and, and it is overused and sometimes when things are overused we allow them to become white noise but just the context of that 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 won't he leave the 99 and come for the one um well he did um, that is exactly what jesus did and and i i like to remind people this um that god is outside of time that's hard for us to wrap our minds around we won't get into a huge theological discussion about that um but the thing to keep in in context here is that when christ went to the cross he was very aware of you and he was very aware of of your struggles and, and your life and and everything else and and because of that that even though you know it was over two thousand years ago when jesus went to the cross that he did specifically go for you I mean, he, he was aware of that, and he was aware of the need that we would have for him. And so he knew that there was going to be an errand, and that and I was going to jack my life up for, for decades <laughs> um, and, and finally come to the realization that, that I needed to center my life around him. And so when Jesus went to the cross and bore the sins of the world, well, th those were mine even then because of the fact that he's outside of time. And so that's the value that just um, to internalize and personalize the sacrifice of Jesus in that context that he knew that he was dying for you. And so that's pretty valuable that when you think about the fact that the son of the son of God, um, God in the body came down to earth and, and died for you. Um, and so I just think about that, man, Jesus died for, for me. Um, he, he left the 99, he pursued me, he was intentional about saving me. Even after all the things that, that I did that were wrong, um, Christ saw value in who I was and who the Father created me to be and, and saved me. And um, that's where my value comes from. Now, the world says that my value should come from the family that I come from, the place in, in, in the world that I'm from, you know. So, and, you know, if you're, you know, a poor Okie, then, man, I mean, the rest of the world doesn't think a whole lot about us. So, you know, you're not <laughs> off to a great start there. No. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But my, my value doesn't come from that. Um, you know, I didn't come from the best neighborhood. My value didn't come from that. It didn't matter. I didn't make the best decisions as a teenager, as a young adult. It doesn't matter. My value doesn't come from that. My value comes from um, the price that was paid for me. And again, we're talking about the Son of God, God and body. That, that's a pretty high value that was placed on my life. And it's not found in my job. It's not found um, even in my family. It's not found in the place that I live or the things that I have. It's found in that. Um, so anything you want to add? 
No, that's good. I, I should say, you know, if you're going to look this up later, if you want to try to commit this to to memory, that, that was, I, I said the chapter, but I didn't say the verse. Matthew 18, 12 through 14 is, is that one. And then another verse for you here is in Luke 12, 24, is that for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at all the ravens, or look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. And so again, here we see that, you know, Jesus, those are Jesus's words talking about the value that he places on us. And so, you know, like Aaron was talking about is that um, these kinds of things, as we go through these uh, different kind of main values or or main labels that we want to talk about, this is something that's life changing in that um, when, when you really internalize this, when you internalize where your value comes from, that it comes from the, the the never changing love of God that He created you. That you're gonna break out in the verse. Right no, no, I know. I just it just keeps popping in like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I was just about to say. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was about to say the, the name of the song because uh, you know, so people would get the reference. But then I can't remember it. Reckless, Reckless love. love. It's Corey Asbury. That's right. <laughs> so if you're wondering what we're talking about, look up you know on Spotify, Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. If you don't know it, but anyway. Um, once you internalize these things that that your value comes from God and that 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 never changes and and so the the assurance that you have in yourself um, and the certainty that you you get from internalizing these things uh, is, is is really truly life-changing because now all of a sudden my my emotional state is not like you know up and down I'm like the waves of an ocean you know I'm not you know, just being tossed about by how I feel that day, like that, that never changes that base foundation of who I am, what, where my value comes from, if I'm loved, if I have purpose, all those things never change. And so, um, now all of a sudden, you know, the, the culture doesn't have as much sway on me, right? The influence of other people doesn't have that much sway on me and I don't need to change my emotional state with a, you know, some type of struggle trying to make myself feel better because I don't, well, you know, today I don't have this thing that, you know, my value is attached to. Like that's, that, that's never an issue for me. You know, if I lose my, my bicycle, one of my most favorite possessions, (laughs) you know, like I don't have less purpose or value as a human being because I've lost my, you know, prized possession of mine. Like it doesn't matter, you know, so... I do like the beginning of that, though, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. And it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, as much as, uh, as our culture defining themselves by stuff, here Jesus is in <laughs> Luke um, addressing that same thing to people 2,000 years ago that even though the stuff that they had looked vastly different, yeah. you know, they didn't have awesome tri bikes like Caleb That's has, right. you know. Um, <laughs> but again, I mean, it's just, it's just in, it's, it's in us to want to define ourselves by those things. Um, and so here Jesus is then um, really um, harping on this, man, for, for life is more than food, your body more than clothing. Like, it's not about your stuff. Um, um, <laughs> it defines you. You're valuable to God. And so just kind of really spoke to me in that moment. Um, so one of the second things is, are, are you lovable? Um, and I think that, that again, this is, this is a huge area, huge struggle. Um, uh, where we just mislabel ourselves. For me, it's very personal. Um, but but are you lovable? And so you know, we'll we'll define ourselves as lovable 
based on um, our relationships, you know, and, and we throw ourselves in bad relationships, we allow ourselves to be used, we step into codependency, things like that, because we're just desperately seeking love. Now, the, the problem is that um, when it comes to people, um, they're there's not an endless amount of love that they have for us. I mean, an element of it is is contingent on on who we are and who we're or who we're being. And I don't know. That doesn't matter how deep that relationship is with people. That that you can do something to throw all that away, um, yeah. and unless you are, are talking about the love of God. So again, when we look to relationships, we look to the world, and the worldview is kind of our measure for how lovable we are. Um, well, then you know, and in, in an element of that. Um, is us having to be performing monkeys, you know, all the time, or, you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a degrading way to look at it. But, you know, again, there's things that my wife loves me. Um, we do, we have a great relationship. I can destroy that today. I could go out and I could destroy all of that, um, and throw it away. I cannot do that with God. I mean, there's nothing I can do. And so we fall into um, this trap sometimes as, as we come into our relationship with Jesus, as we become Christians. And again, we think that, that God's love's contingent uh, upon how we behave and what we do. So then we have some failures, some setbacks. We, we slip, we do this and that. And then we think, oh, man, I'm not, if I'm not worthy for people relationships, I'm not worthy for God's love or his relationship. And we step away from the church. We continue to spiral out of control in our recovery. So are you lovable? And John 3.16 says this, for this this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So again, are you lovable? You're so lovable that God himself put himself in a feeble human body, came to earth so then with God's son who sacrificed himself willingly for you. So that's such a high price and it was a price paid out of love. That's how lovable you are. Yeah, and you know, and Aaron was touching on this one. This one shows up so much in re- in, in the recovery ministry and people that are yeah constantly throwing themselves into to bad relationships, so desperate to to find love. And a lot of that stems from um, you know bad parent-child relationships. You know, like uh, especially um, you know like uh, father-daughter relationships, where uh, the father was uh, either not present or. Um, you know, abusive or that that kind of thing. That then um, the the daughter grows up and, and is is constantly getting into bad relationships because she just she she's desperate to find uh, kind of that that male role model to to replace that that relationship she didn't have with her father. And so you just see that a lot is that they get into all these really bad relationships. And the same can can go on the other side, like mother son relationships. That that shows up too um, quite a bit. But but. Yeah, and you know, and our relationships are so vital to our recovery journey, and we see that all the time. Where um, you know, especially romantic relationships are the thing that keeps tripping people up when they're trying to get out of whatever their struggle is. That that significant other is is the, the thing that's keeping them there, and they're and they're staying in it because they just want to be loved. There's so much that people do just because we want to experience love, and and we we're missing out on the 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 eternal love of, of our father because we don't have that right relationship with Jesus. And, um, you know, and, and even in John three sixteen doesn't even tell the whole of it in that, uh, you know, God sent, sent Jesus to die for our sins. But I mean, even from the moment of creation, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, it was in that moment that we see the first kind of, uh, prophetic word of God talking about what he's going to do to reconcile man back to, 
back to him. He knew even in that moment from our initial separation from him that he's, he loves, he still loves us, even though he was, he was unhappy with us, right? It's just like, you know, my kids, I always love my kids. I don't like them all the time, but I love them all the time. Um, even in that moment when, when they had transgressed, he had already, you know, he had a plan to bring them back into the fold to, to be able to reconcile uh, that, that sin, man, mankind's sin, and so that we can, you know, spend eternity with him. He, he already, he loved us so much that he, he had that plan, and then he, you know, put that plan into action through Jesus Christ. And so, um, if that is something that you struggle with, understand that God's love, like Aaron said, is never changing. You know, there's, as much as we try to mess it up, <laughs> as much as we try to, to, to get him to not love us, you know, through, through our, our daily actions, he always loves us. He's always there for us. That's um, the reckless love of God. That's right. <laughs> that's the theme here. I don't even know how he ended up. It just happened. It's crazy. But anyway, so <laughs> Romans 5, 8. We should, you should, when you edit this, like our intro should be that yeah. song. Maybe the, maybe the outro. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit or we'll get hit with a copyright strike. But anyway, so Romans 5, 8. Uh, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So I love that verse and that, you know, like Aaron was talking about, sometimes we, you know, we mess up and we think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm too messed up to go to church or to, to be reconciled to God and, or um, to get, you know, get my life right or however we want to say it. Uh, but in that verse, what does it say? It says, for while we were still sinners, right, God sent Christ for us. It wasn't we didn't do anything to make ourselves right. We didn't do any. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to. Um, about to go into another verse. We don't deserve it. <laughs> they did such a good job. I know. There's a lot of theology uh, there, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know why. Anyway. <laughs> but there's nothing that we did, right? And so even while we were in our transgressions, even while we, you know, again, like our kids, you know, my kids do all sorts of stuff to make me mad. You know, it's a, it's a goal of theirs, I think, every day to try to see how irritated dad can get. Um, which, I don't know why that would be their goal, because it never works out well for them. I mean, it doesn't hurt me, but yeah, th th they're not too happy They're trying to break us. <laughs> Apparently. Just, yeah. it's, it's all a, they're trying to, it's a coup. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> even in those moments, you know, I discipline them. And I, it's because I love them. It's because I want them to do better. And, and I always, you know, and I'm always going to be there and love them uh, because, you know, they're my children and I want the best for them and I want them to do well. Uh, and so just like that, God always loves us. Um, and, and, you know, and, and this may be a tough concept for some people because, again, like I was talking about, if, if you, maybe you didn't have that uh, strong father figure in your life, you're, you, you struggle to, to relate to that fatherly kind of, you know, role model or ideal that, that, you know, God is and that God loves us with this, you know, ever uh, eternal um, fatherly love. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you to try to, you know, to, to try to wrap your head around that and that God is that. God is that for us. God is, is that father that always loves, always wants the best for us. Um, and, and regardless of the things that we do, He's always that love's always going to be there for you. So if you if you feel like that pertains to you that you aren't lovable, you know know that you are that God God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you, and that you don't need to find that love in in, in bad relationships, 
um, or from other people uh, or, or any you know worldly kind of thing because that love is always there and it's always uh, from God and so uh, I would encourage you to really internalize that one because again that one shows up a lot in our recovery ministries yeah and uh, I do love that Romans 5 8 it says but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners um, man it's uh, it is one of those things because again you know, in, in the worldview, you know, outside of the context of Christ, um, love is conditional. Um, it is. And so we do, we base our performance off how lovable we are, and we get it so mixed up. And when it comes to discarding those labels, so if, if you mess up and you fail, then, then you are slapping that label of I'm unlovable, I'm worthless, and that's what we put on ourselves. But um, Christ's love is not contingent on how good we were, that again, he showed up in the middle of it. So, I mean, if you're struggling in addiction, in the middle of the dope house, God loved you. Now, if you've struggled in adultery and you've messed up and you burned that relationship down, in the middle of that, God loved you. Um, and so his love for you wasn't based off that performance. Now, in response to God's love, you know, we should live better and do better in response to what he's done for us. But God still loves us even in those moments. Uh, Ephesians 2.4 um, is just kind of piggybacks off of this. And it says this, but God is so rich in mercy um, and his God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. Again, God is so rich in mercy, loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. That, that even though, um, man, we just can come from just putrid backgrounds, just really bad places and do awful things that, that God still loves us in the middle of those moments. Um, and it says, uh, for we are God's masterpiece. This is down at verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Um, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Um, and part of that will tie into our next one. But um, we're, God loves us. He saved us even though we were dead because he's full of grace, full of mercy. And that's how. That's what defines us as lovable. That's where that value comes from. It doesn't come from relationships. It doesn't come from, from what we do or what we don't do. It's just placed on us solely by Christ and, and how he views this. And that needs to become the lens um, that we view that through. So um, again, Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us by sinning Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Not when you got perfect, not when you got right, not when you've got it all together. That doesn't define how lovable you are or when you're lovable. You were lovable from the beginning. I mean, again, if we go back to, to the last lesson, um, God <laughs> knit us together in our mother's womb. You know, mm -hmm. he, in utter seclusion, he was there. Um, he, he loved us from, from the moment, from our very moment. Wherever that is, whenever that is, from, from that time, God had love for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can open your Bible just uh, we, so many verses in there that um, we could be that relate to this. So we would be sitting here all day making reckless love <laughs> <laughs> jokes. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, you know, we just picked out a few, uh, very, very few to, to try to illustrate this point. But if you open your Bible and you just start reading through the New Testament and reading, you know, reading what Jesus says about us and what, you know, in his, his short time here on earth and his ministry, I mean, you're going to see exactly, you know, how, how great his love for us is. And so, um, and, and I would encourage you to do that, you know, if this is an area in which you struggle, that, you know, it's not just these couple verses, but there's a whole, you know, there's a whole Bible out there that has all, you know, that's, that's what the Bible is. It's just this, you know, very long love letter between God and his creation saying, you know, you guys messed up, but I'm going to, I love you so much. I'm going to help, help 
bring you back to me, bring you back into the fold, and here's how we're going to do that through Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, get in there and read those, read, read through that and, and understand what, uh, how God loves you. So the last area we want to talk about is um, <clears throat> our purpose. You know, so many people today, we struggle with purpose. You know, we, I'm, I, don't, I don't matter, right? Because, you know, kind of our secular worldview is that we're just a big accident, right? We're just a big, uh, big bunch of nothingness. And from nothingness came all this somethingness, which isn't a word, but I'm going to go with it. Um, you know, and, and out of that, you know, like I said, out of all this nothing, it all came together to make something. And, and it just happened by chance and it was random and... Uh, you know, we just got, you know, we hit the cosmic lottery and, um, you know, we just happened to be the right place, the right time to form life. And, you know, you're just some primordial ooze that eventually organized itself into a walking, talking human being, you know, good on you, but uh, it's totally random and there's no, no point to any of it. That's, that's the secular worldview. It is. And, and I believe it's, it's one of three areas that the enemy really um, endeavors to tear down, you know, our value, our purpose, our identity. That, that if uh, the enemy can knock one of those legs out from underneath us, then um, really he can wreck everything. And yeah, I mean, that, that is the worldview, that we're on a big ball of accident and we're just accidents and um, that's all we'll ever be. And so because of that, we have no purpose, we have no value, uh, yeah. we have no identity. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> when we allow that to define us moving forward, <clears throat> um, everything that, that precedes that is, is gonna be off. Um, it's gonna be off kilter, it's, um, it's it's going to lead to nothing, and which then will further compound our belief. Oh well, I'm I'm nothing. This mm -hmm. is nothing. This is all for nothing. Um, and that's what happens when when we allow that label to be put on us um, and and just go down that path. It does just continue to feed itself and compound itself. Um, so discovering our purpose is incredibly um, important. Um, there's tons of, of literature on this too outside of the Bible. Um, I don't know how Caleb feels about this particular book, but I'm a big fan of The Purpose Driven Life. I think it's a great um, just book to go through. Um, you know, it's what, 40 days? Of yeah, degrees. something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's a, it's a great. Well, that's divided. way too long to figure out my life purpose. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I can't spend that kind of time on that. Yeah. I got TV shows to watch, Netflix oh, yeah. to binge. But and, and <laughs> even with that, I mean, it's one of many tools. I, again, value, purpose, identity um, are three areas you should work on, and purpose is is one of those that that really brings um, everything. It brings your value and your identity kind of into focus mm -hmm. when you discover that purpose. I mean, it's kind of like. That's the tip of the, the spear there where you've got the two coming together. And, and when that falls into place, well, we become unstoppable instruments for God's good um, and, and building the kingdom and, and just discovering joy in our lives. Um, Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So, um, we're, we're called for a purpose, and even though everything that happens in our past may not be by God's design, that if we give him the opportunity, he will use that for his good. Um, and so, 
it's reminding me. I get to use that meme I sent yesterday because um, yeah. I, I feel like I can I can slide it in here. <laughs> Anytime we can use a meme, I think that's <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so it's just meme. It's uh, Jesus is talking to this guy, and it says uh, Jesus telling me that most of my problems are actually my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I like that. Uh, and God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Some people read that as like everything happens in my life because of God. No, sometimes it just happens because you're an idiot. Um, but <laughs> because God loves us so much. <laughs> That even those stupid things we did, God can use for, for the good of his glory. Wait, are you saying some things are my fault? Most of them. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, can't take responsibility for my own actions. I know. That's Another little crazy. truth. crazy. Satan is not on a constant one-on-one battle with you. Really? Yeah. Um, I thought I was the most important person in the world. He yeah. He would take me down. No, he, he's not omnipresent, just, just pursuing Caleb and... <sighs> So, um, so yeah, the stupid stuff important. you do yeah, <laughs> is actually probably just because you make poor choices. <laughs> I guess that's possible. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I, you know, but we talk about so much here, especially the last few lessons, talking about culture and what culture, be, you know, and the reason we do that, and especially related to this one, is because where else are you getting your, your values and your purpose from? Right. I mean, you're not just sitting in your room at home like, well, what am I, what, you know, thinking existential you know, thoughts about what am I, you know, what am I here for? What am I doing? And, um, you know, your, your sources of influence are coming from your immediate, you know, your family, whatever your environment that you grew up, culture. Right. Uh, I mean, the, your friends and, and whatnot. And then the, um, the actual culture that you're, you're exposed to, right? your movies, your music, your the news, the all that stuff. That's where that's where all this thing comes from. I mean, think about that. I mean, anything we think about anything, you know, what do you think about parenting? Well, if it's not being influenced like, you know, like through through your your faith, your religious texts, and I'm trying to be inclusive here. So, I mean, for us it's the Bible, what the Bible tells us about being parents. The, that information comes from, you know, our education when we grew up or, again, from what the TV says, you know, what reality parenting shows we watch. That tells us, that that influences how we parent and, and um, you know, what we, what we think about relationships, romantic relationships, you know, should you move in together before you get married, that kind of thing. Where does that idea come from? Well, that comes from culture, right? It's not coming from the Bible. Um, so, so the, the, those are our two competing worldviews. We have our biblical worldview, or your faith—if you're not a Christian—your faith worldview, or spiritual worldview, versus the cultural worldview. And um, you know, culture has been winning out. It's 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 on a hot streak here lately. And and again, I always go back to you. Well, how's that working out for us? I mean, yeah. there's so many people. As as we watch the number of people, the percentage of people who uh, attend church goes down. As a percentage of people, especially young adults, that believe in a God goes down, the the our culture issues have just gone into the toilet. And you know, there's so many young people, especially today, that are um, just kind of listless. They they don't know why they they're here, and they don't feel like they have a purpose. Um, to exist and there's so much depression and um, psychological damage that's happening from that and then again you know we're, we're not going to say correlation equals causation but I think you can make a pretty good case for that if you don't feel like if, if you buy into the secular worldview that you're an accident that you just you know we just again hit the cosmic lottery that you know we just happen to happen to be by chance by randomness then of course you're not going to 
feel like you have a purpose. I mean, where are you going to get that? Where are you going to get that from? You're just going to have to create it out of thin air. So, um, you know, again, back to purpose. This is why it's so important. Is that, you know, what what is your driving force in your life? You know, is it your career? That's that's a bad place to. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy your career, but you know, if you're a garbage man, like if that's your entire life's purpose. I mean, good on you, but I don't know. I feel like that would be a an empty, like that's not. I, I wouldn't want to wrap my purpose up in that. I don't know. No, I'm just saying. Now, and uh, I mean, it is one of those things, and not all of the cultural purpose is that's placed on us is necessarily negative. Um, I know when Caleb and I were growing up, um, I think it's probably still harkened on pretty hard today. But I know for me, like my purpose was to go through. Um, primary education and go to college and then that was going to be the purpose and if you failed to do that then you were going to fail in life so then when I failed to do that <laughs> I was a failure because I did not fulfill the purpose that was beset before me that it was okay that it wasn't for me that that, that wasn't the route that that I was going to go um there was nothing wrong with that and I think I I feel like it's loosened a little bit <laughs> lately, but um, but that that's what was driven in from a very very early age to us was you know you're going to go to school you're going to go to college you're going to go to school you're going to go to college that that's your purpose um, and so is that bad no I mean college can be a great thing you know um, but for that to to be um, such a prevalent thing that that if you don't follow that then somehow your life is devalued. That, that well, that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, so that that verse going back to Romans eight twenty eight and it says um, causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So what's our purpose? Our purpose is His purpose. Um, it's that that's what we pursue. So as we bring our life into alignment, um, our purpose is found in Him. Um, our purpose isn't necessarily found in our desires or what we want to do. That's what the world convinces us of. And, and I know we've talked about this a lot. That goes back to the, the follow your heart thing. Uh, the world convinces us to follow our heart. Well, there's no value in that. There's no purpose in that. There's no success in that. It, it's only found in following God's word, God's plan, God's purpose, God's desire. Um, so we need to pursue God's purpose. That's where our purpose is found and bringing that into alignment. Going back to Ephesians earlier, Ephesians 2.10 that I finished on a little bit ago. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created so new in Christ Jesus. So, so we can do what we want. No, so I mean we can we can sin. We got fire insurance. No, um, <laughs> so created anew. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That it, it, again, it points back to that purpose. It's his purpose. His purpose is to do these good things. So that as we're bringing our life into alignment under God and pursuing him then then our purpose is is labeled by him well who am i i'm the child of god well what are you doing i'm doing god's work i mean what greater work is there to do what greater purpose is there than than to to follow the the plan set before you by the creator of everything i mean i mean you talk about i mean man. yeah his purpose is <laughs> internal right yeah, so if his purpose is internal and our purpose is to to fulfill, you know, to be a part of his purpose and our purpose is eternal. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I've heard people brag about who they work for. I work for this attorney, I work for that. I mean, it's really just, and it's kind of lame, but at the same time, it's just kind of incredible just to think about, man, I'm, I just, I work for God, you know, I'm following what he wants me to do. I mean, there's no, there's no greater calling than that. And it's not unique to me. It's not unique to Caleb. We're all called to that. We all yeah. get to share in that. And, and it's what a, 
what an incredible thing. And, and that's where we need to reorient our purpose around is, is pursuing God's will uh, for our lives. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, you're right. Talking about like, you know, our purposes are, you know, occupation guys are really bad about that. You know, oh, oh hey, what's because anytime you meet somebody, it's like the first, hey, what's your name? You know, what hi, you my name is Caleb. What's your name? It's, you know, it's Bill. Oh, what do you do, Bill? I mean, that's like the second question because oh, yeah. that's because we identify as guys typically we identify our purpose in our occupation is the same thing and not that that's necessarily <clears throat> you know like, not that you know then that's just part of our nature as men not that that's totally bad I, but i i just want to flip how we're you know viewing that again like i was talking about you know trash people you know trash people are very valuable people in our society right if i mean if all the doctors and all the trash men disappeared on the same day who who would we miss first you know i mean that's obviously a very big deal but that's not who we are again like we talked about last last episode who we you know our job or occupation um, our career is not our identity if that's what if that's what makes up the, the the majority of your identity you're in an unhealthy place and our purpose also is not our career you know my job is not to to be the you know to my purpose isn't to change the accounting world if that's my job you know or that's you know my job is not to you know be the best data entry person in the world i mean that's part of who i am that's something i do i should do it as if you know as the bible says always work as if you're working for god not for man you know but that's not you know my purpose we have an eternal purpose our eternal purpose is to live out god's purpose which is to help bring people to him help uh, people to to get a right, right relationship with god um and that that purpose doesn't change you know go and make disciples of every nation baptized right. in the name of the father son the holy spirit right and that doesn't mean we're you know going up and down the street knocking on doors and you know yeah asking people if you were to die today do you know where you'd go <laughs> like there's you know live out that christian life yeah you know that that's a good place to start oh yeah um but for you and in, in to bring this back into our recovery journey is that if you feel like you're just kind of you know flapping in the wind you just don't know what you're here for you're just you know the boat out on the ocean just going up and down and you know taking wherever culture leads you like this is where we you you know start to seek god to pray to seek his purpose for your life how what's your role in in his purpose how do we you know how does that manifest itself you've you know even if you've gone through a bunch of bad stuff maybe you you participated in that you 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 did some of the bad stuff you know it didn't just happen to you man god still uses that to to fulfill his purpose you know he never he never wastes a, a sorrow or um you know a bad experience you know through that we become stronger if we if we do some of these things when we we use that to to the, the to our good is that we we can come out of that and we can use those things that we've experienced and and reach people for God because of our unique experience, regardless of if it was good or bad. So, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is that. So, how do we how do we talk about, how do we start to exchange some of these negative, some of our negative labels for some of these positive labels? So, one of the things is like we were doing here today is that reading through Scripture. So that that's a good place to start to start to read through Scripture and start to commit some of these verses to heart to memory. Uh, uh, you know, do whatever you need to do, you know, put them on index cards and read them all the time or however it is you, uh, works best for you. But the other thing we can do is, um, you know, you start start uh, using affirmations. That's something that some people will do. Some people feel it's stupid, but hey, if, if it works, it's not stupid. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you, 
a lot of those those negative labels that you have as part of you now, I mean, you've had years and years and years of reinforcement of that through, you know, whatever people have told you or what you've believed, you know, just, and you've reinforced it through the things you believe about yourself. And so it's going to take some time to start to rewrite that programming in your brain, you know, basically is that you're going to have to start repeating those things and you're going to have to start living that out, living out, you know, you wake up every, I'm loved, I have value, I have purpose. I mean, that's something you just start your day with and you say that all the time. And when you start to, you know, something bad happens and you catch yourself in negative self-talk, you say, man, I messed up again. That's right, because I'm an idiot, you know, just like, you know, my parents always told me, you got to catch yourself. You said, I'm not an idiot. I just messed up, you know, I'm a human. That's what I am. So start to catch yourself when you when you do the negative self-talk. Start to uh, reinforce these positive things through reading scripture or uh, affirming them. Um, and then, you know, get around positive people, too. Like, stop hanging around the people that reinforce negative labels. Uh, you know, get around fellow Christians or your support group or um, your recovery group or whoever you have in your life that's going to, you know, build you up when you mess up. Those kinds of things. Um, don't hang around people that are going to be dragging you back down. Yeah, it is incredibly important that we just we spend time in the truth as far as um, replacing these negative labels. Um, so get away from cultural things, the relationships, um, whatever it is that reinforces these. Like Caleb said, reorient yourself around God, God's word, God's truth. Um, have that value statement. Um, you know, proclaim God's truth over you daily. Whatever you need to do. Um, this is a personal journey. Um, don't don't let it be one of those things where I feel stupid. I can't do this. Uh, nobody's even gonna know. First off, I mean, if you, you got something you're saying in private, got written on your bathroom mirror. That's between you and God. I mean, so <laughs> so many people allow that to be that roadblock. Well, I'm not gonna do that because that's just dumb. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, you know, and that's to the point of what we've been talking about is like. Stop putting place yeah. value in what people think about you. Like that's that's part of the issue we're having here. I really don't care. I mean, so much anymore. And I don't know if it's because I'm an old curmudgeon now or what. But <laughs> I just that's, that's a big part of it. I just don't care what people think. Yeah. You know, and it's not that I don't care about people. I just don't care about what they think. Yeah. You know, I, I love looking at um, just David's uh, life. You know, David and Goliath. David, um, King David, and and you look at him, and I mean, he lived a life of of triumphs. I mean, he really did. He also lived a life of many failures. Um, he had a lot of stuff. And you look at the Psalms, so many of which are written by him. And just the way that he would talk about God and just the way that God loved him and all of that. And so here's a guy that obviously he didn't keep those Psalms even private. So you got this guy who's like lost in adultery and he, he writes a song about how much God loves him. It's yeah. like, dude, like you messed around with that dude's wife and you murdered that guy. Writing a song, a musical about <laughs> God's love for you, like <laughs> yeah, right after you wrote one about please smite my enemies, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's a guy that he, he had success in the end. I mean, he really did pursue God and all that he did. But yeah. um, I mean, what an incredible example of of walking this out. Don't and people go, like, yeah, David, you're an adulterer, and he's over there. God loves me. He's probably singing Reckless Love. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it back home. That's good. But you know, that's the thing. It, it's, there is no, you know, we we always apply our standards to that stuff, you yeah. know, in that God God forgives that. God oh, forgets yeah. that. And that's the deal. If if we if we there would be no accountability here on earth if if we all were like, well, I can't say anything or we can't, you know, hold each other accountable because I've messed up or he's messed up. We've all messed up and we all yeah. continue to mess up. And you know, um 
and in, in in David's case, in that you know he he messed up, but man, he understood who he was in God, oh, yeah. and he continued to he continued to pursue that. You know, even he through would, his mess ups, he would mourn his mistakes, he would repent, yeah, and then he would reorient reorient himself around God's truth, and, yeah. and that's what he was labeled by. That's how he moved forward. Um, yeah. He never lost sight of the fact that he was a man after God's own heart. You know, right. just, right. I mean, he's just like, God, this is who I am. I'm, I'm God's chosen, God's anointed. Um, I mean, there's even stories. He's such an incredible example, you know. Towards the end of his kingdom, there's a book, I believe it's called Three Kings. Um, you want to read a book about leadership. David was so um, grounded in God's truth about his life, and you can look at it biblically too. Three Kings just really breaks it down. But it's found in scripture that there at the end, you know, one of his sons was trying to overthrow his kingdom. David left the kingdoms like, well, God's done with me. God's done with me, you know, as far as this role. He didn't even allow that moment as he's getting ready to lose his position, which is what men hold on to the most. He's like, this doesn't impact who I am in God. And he was willing to give it all up. And he's just, I just want to, I just want to serve God. I just want to love God. I just want to be um, whoever God wants me to be, wherever he wants me to be. Um, and it's just, I mean, I mean, it really is. There's so much to learn from David's life, but I think um, just knowing who we are in God is an incredible lesson that he gives us. So, yeah. um, so, Again, God always loves you, always values you, always has a purpose for your life. Um, wash yourself in it, bask in it, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Tattoo it on your forehead, um, so you can see it in the mirror. Um, throat tattoo, that's what I'm gonna do. That's throat tattoo, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do, you need to start, you're gonna have to, again, you've you've had a whole lifetime of, of reinforcing these negative labels, and so you need to start today with replacing those with positive labels Absolutely. and just just you know if you're just sitting there muttering to yourself man i'm loved i have a purpose i have value i'm loved i have purpose if that's what you gotta do do it you're gonna have to you know so there's some hard wiring that needs to be reworked in order to start replacing some of these labels so um do the work you gotta do it you know that's there's no no shortcutting it it's not just gonna magically happen um what's the thing you say something about things that aren't gonna change till you change your yeah mind. something about uh your life, you can't change your life unless you change your life. Yeah, there you go. Can't change yeah. your life unless you change your life. So profound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, it does play to this. I mean, it's, it's only you can do it. Um, you've got to, you've got to buy in. You've got to be bought in. You've got to proclaim it. You've got to, you've got to know it. We, we can't know it for you. Yeah. Um, and it make a difference. So right. it's up to you. But uh, we hope that you guys did enjoy today's episode. I just want to thank you again for continuing to journey with us, connect with us. Just a reminder, first and foremost, man, pick up pick up your copy of Pursuing Freedom on Amazon um, today. It'll help you just as you follow along with what we're doing throughout our podcast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, all your favorite podcasts, stations, channels, like, share, review, help us to get this content out there. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can always reach out to the church office, 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church or aaron at cedarpoint.church. And this reminder to all of these lessons, um, they are found on YouTube, but we also have all of our sermons um, divided into playlists that, that correspond and correlate to what we're talking about here. So if you need additional resources or uh, just teaching on this, it's a great resource just to check that out and if you need some one-on-one again email us um, reach out to us um, and we'll help you as you journey through this personally you need a bible anything like that but we're grateful for you guys we love you and we'll check you right back here next week